Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Do you remember the 21st night of September? Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Okay. Sports Radio, Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. You're listening to KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Roush, how you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing all right this morning. Doing all right this morning. Uh, did... Not figure, or not like literally run into the garbage man on the way in, but I, w- I was very worried that I might have a garbage man hold up that would that would make me like thirty seconds late, and it was going to really bother me. But they 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 got their move on pretty quickly. It's just if I hit, run into them at a certain time, I'm just blocked in until I'm, I'm at their mercy. But um, I'm I'm not dealing with I seventy one shutdown this week, so I'm not going to be mad or upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna be excited to do a little KRC this morning. Well, that's great to hear. Scoots, how are you? Did you get enough sleep last night? I absolutely got enough sleep last night. I was in bed. I was asleep before you sent your text message. How about that? Wow. That's Pretty great. impressive, right? Uh, so I guess somebody, I guess the, the splatty platty is going down a little too smooth on the lake, huh? Well, yeah. So that was the thing. I am <laughs> super, super burnt. So it's almost to the point where it's uncomfortable. Um, and when you get to when you get to that point, you almost just want to go to bed, you know. So that's you what mean, I did last night. You didn't use sunscreen, and so you just got super burnt. Well, so my mindset was, uh, what the hell? It's we've got a few days left of summer. Just burn me up, Scotty. Not even thinking that it. I mean, it was only like eighty-five yesterday, so I was like, oh, it won't be too bad. Yeah, right. No, the sun's horrible, not out. Or it's eighty-five degrees. Horrible decision. Horrible. What are you like? You're thirty something years old. What are you doing? I mean, I just I don't want, I wanted that one last burn before summer ended. I just did not want it to be as severe as it is. Wheel. Well, yeah, that's what sunscreen's for. You just put that on, you'll be fine. I I do that in the beginning of the summer, in the middle of the summer, the end of the summer. It's like, oh, who cares? You know. So I, I'll well, fight through it. Apparently, okay. you do. Yeah, it was like ninety five degrees yesterday. <laughs> I'll be okay. very hot. It was so great. Hot. It was a great. It was a great day. There was nobody out on the lake. It was awesome. I've never seen it like it was yesterday. 
Here you it's, it's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. It's September 20th. Yep. It was probably too hot for people. Maybe so. <laughs> they probably were like, I'm not going out there without any sunscreen on. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, well, good. I'm glad you had fun. And hopefully you're, you don't, you know, the sun, you yeah. can take it on. It's, not, it's powerful. It's, it's no big thing. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be all right. Uh, well, good. Glad, glad that uh, your, your day off was successful. And we're back, ready to talk some some sports, Roush. Sports or uh, more serious topics like what the hell this person in my neighborhood has in their front yard? Oh, we we actually did that when you were gone that one Friday. We we did that segment. What's in Roush's neighbor's front yard? So we probably Ooh. don't want to double back on that. Don't uh, want to double dip on it. Yeah, that Friday you were gone for the Florida game. We did that segment for what? Scoots probably about forty five minutes, maybe. Uh, maybe even closer to an hour, for being yeah, honest. Yeah, we were we were creeping up on an hour for sure. So thank you for thinking of us for another segment there, Roush. But no, we're good. No need to. Okay. Okay. All right. So what's what's in your neighbor's front yard? Well, go to my Twitter page and uh, check out the the image I tweeted out for the show. Uh, oh because... my gosh, it's an above ground pool. No, no, not an above ground pool. This is actually near the playground that I take my kid all the time, and they're typically the house that has like. 17 different cars right you know where they're always working on one and there's always like at least one really like nice old car and then a rust bucket and then another one that doesn't have a tire on it so like you know it's it's it's, you never know what you're gonna see up there and yesterday i saw a an enormous um grill right like a double barrel something you would see at a church picnic fish fry Looks like industrial. You throw some charcoal down, and you're cooking on that bad boy all day. And it is right next to uh, a casket, just a casket that's sitting there on the ground. It's like a silver, almost bluish, just hanging out in the in the front yard. Yeah, that's a that's a real deal casket. That it looks yeah. like not not like just like your. I mean, when I when I told my wife about it, I was, she was like, "Well." You know, Halloween's coming up. Maybe they just got their Halloween decorations out early. It's like this is like this is what you bury somebody in. It's too nice to be just a Halloween decoration. Yeah, it's um that's a real casket. <laughs> it's a real casket. So you are you do you are you confused by it? Do you not like it? Are you upset? Are you excited? Do I need to check and see if anybody's in there? Like Yeah, I mean I think obviously you need to go do a little courtesy pop. And, and also, I mean, they have a very large structure in their backyard that appears to be a garage. Like, what did we? Maybe you you got a good deal on a casket, right? You just gonna leave that thing sitting out in the front yard? I, I, I'm I just don't know how it comes to be where that is sitting next to the driveway. Are they holding this casket for somebody to come pick up later? Like, I I'm I'm just so befuddled by the casket in the front yard. Look, it's one thing to have bunch of cars and toys and bicycles and heck even grills and whatever it may be the casket this is this is a first for nick roush roush i've seen way too much tv i do not think you should go over and check it out maybe the husband and the wife are having some issues one of them went out and bought a casket ahead of time just yeah i I would stay away i think you need to check it out immediately and mm-hmm. I think these people may be geniuses because there's there's been times where 
I I get tired. There's just, you know, the garage is full of junk, and it's like, do I really want to carry stuff around? I think this is just a ploy under the disguise of Halloween just to be like, hey, let's just leave this stuff out here. Say it's Halloween decoration. Spooky. Ooh, gotcha. And you'll be good to, to rock and roll. So I think that it is a – I think they just – don't really have space for enough stuff. Mm. So they're just leaving it out saying it's a Halloween decoration. You can figure it out as you go along. That that actually, I think, uh, is the best uh, alibi, if you will. Um, because there's definitely a, well, we got to take this casket kind of thought going on here. And also, I, I, I think that you're, you're right. There's, I mean, how many... How many places in your house could you even store something that large? So they're probably just like, eh, we'll leave it in the front yard. Maybe we'll scare the neighborhood kids. So TJ, I'm with you. I think that's the the way that's that's what we're going. That's the way we're rolling. It is just such a terrible like. If it is a Halloween decoration, it's in just a horrible spot. Like, it, I I, can't, I don't know. There's no like design to it, or there's no sort of like art to it. It's just hey, here's a casket in the middle of the yard. Enjoy next to the grill. Oh, they need to put some. Uh, I, you probably should church it up a little though. Get give some cobwebs, right? Like I think they will. I, I think uh, maybe just in time. This is just hey, we got to unload it, and then we'll get it set up. They'll open it. They'll put like a little spooky skeleton in there or something uh, along those lines. <laughs> really, really. I mean, they're making the walkers look like lightweights when it comes to Halloween decor. Yeah, no, I need to go find me a real casket. That's the one thing that... that, that have, you, uh, have you started getting out the Halloween decorations yet? I know you're you you you're the early bird that gets that Halloween worm. Yeah, we've started kind of just moving a few things around. My plan was every time I went to the basement just to bring up just like a box and then just mm-hmm. do it over the course of like 10 days. Uh, have have not done that yet, and it seems like I'm definitely trending towards not doing that at all, and instead it being like the first weekend of October, or the, the you know, or just like a random Thursday in October, and being like, all right, well, I'm gonna go bring up 15 boxes. I'll see you in two hours. Uh, it's trending towards me just doing that, but mm-hmm. the plan was just to do kind of like a slow slow setup but so far uh with the exception of maybe just a few pumpkins on the front porch not much to show for it so no have not started yet but but need to Uh, are you the decorator of your house tj i'm the decorator and decision maker so yes oh wow that's a lot of power (laughs) would Um, hannah say the same oh yeah she knows it she knows it i'm curious what the how much you're going to have to adjust because of uh, Lucy being around, not, not only from a oh, what can she get into, but also a don't want to don't want to scare the baby. Yeah, good question. Um, I I don't know that that like so she was born early October last year, so she like as a one month old, she's that's seen all she all before. So that's why I got <laughs> to have to tell her is that like oh you weren't scared of that last year. You're not a bigger baby, are you? just really kind of bully her into not being scared. But it is bizarre how, like, my, my brother and his wife, they they send me videos of their kid who is, I don't how old is, is, is two, maybe? Somewhere around there uh, in that ballpark. And she is, like, Halloween obsessed. And to the point where, this is so funny, 
Jonathan thinks that uh, he was changing her diaper, and she was like, boo, ghost. And Jonathan was like, no, there's no ghost in here. And she was like, ghost, by the window. And so, like, Jonathan's convinced that their house is haunted now because their two-year-old daughter is learning Halloween words like boo and ghosts and stuff like that. Oh, so Johnny's afraid of the dark. So Johnny now thinks that his house is haunted and that his daughter can see the other realm, but adults <laughs> can't see the other realm. And he's and he's totally serious about this. The funny thing is, he, he like Jonathan doesn't admit to ghosts, not to get into two spooky conversations, but the last few houses he's lived in, he's been convinced have been haunted. And most recently, his house that was built in like 1990 is is haunted. Only like 22 or only like 32 years old, but it, it's it's got it's it's littered with ghosts. My wife was like, well, it could be built on an Indian burial ground. And it's like, oh, or two, and is just learning Halloween words. So she's just repeating that sort of stuff. But uh, so needless to say, it seems like Halloween kind of runs in the family uh-huh. uh, with her being so excited about it. So I'm hoping Lucy will be, will be cool with it all. Is, is, what does Duke think of the casket next, next score? Does he even know what a casket is? No, no, he doesn't. He was too preoccupied by the squirrel that was there. So, uh, you know, yeah, he was, he was more focused on that. Um, and we were, we, I noticed it leaving the, the playground. He was tired. So, you know, not as, it, his mind was all in the park. Um, but I, I doubt we'll go too big on the Halloween. Uh, co- but I, I think he's going to understand the concept of it much better this year. Um, he wants to be a dinosaur. We told him he gets to play dress up. Um, so he wants to be a dinosaur. Um, so we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. I think the the, the other little baby will be, uh, I guess, a dinosaur's egg. I don't know. I, I don't know how much in theme we're going to get with all of this. Uh, but last year, Duke did enjoy uh, passing out candy, um, which was a blessing to Pop Pop that I didn't have to be like, no, you can't eat that one. No, you can't eat that one. Because uh, believe it or not, a lot of candy is not easy to chew for uh, children. So you kind of gotta, kind of gotta pick and choose the the right ones that they can actually uh, ingest. You could dress up the new baby as a fossil and say you're a product of a bone. Wow, that's a that's free cre- one. I mean, that's just creative. That's a free one. But if you want any more ideas, Ross, you're gonna have to pay for them. Mm. All right, I'll uh, I'll pay the big bucks. So just something to think about there, or it could be. No, we'll just we'll, we'll leave you're going down a. You're we'll, a we'll get, no, I got I got a few other good ideas, but you know we got well over a month until you need to really lock in the Halloween costume. So uh, that is kind of fun that like we're getting to the Louisville's a fun city in the fall, uh, Kentucky a fun state in the fall. There's a lot of fun mm-hmm. little fall activities to do. So it'll be fun once those get into high gear and uh, you know boo at the zoo and they've got the ear yeah. thing and there's uh i'm sure I've been doing the zoo and all over since it was uh wor- it was it, when we were younger it was just called the world's largest halloween party that didn't roll off the tongue quite as well as boo at the zoo scary so. or fun not scary is what they were always saying when we were growing up uh, yeah. which makes me think at one point they just they went overboard on the scary and there was mm-hmm. like three-year-olds that were just terrified or like yeah. maybe they, maybe they like fed the lions during the halloween party and you, you know they like dressed well, up like the little critters as like children and 
you know, I don't know. I don't know. But they, they, something had to happen for them to really play into, like, it is not scary, everybody. We promise. Not this year. Do you remember, uh, not the 21st night of September, but the one Halloween afternoon that a lion got out of the zoo? No. Uh, was that the time that they thought it got out and it actually was just, like, under a rock? I mean, that that, it, that could have been the case. But it, I, I remember it specifically happening on the night of trick-or-treating. And that was the news, like, as we were on our way home from school. That a lion was out, oh, but people yeah. in the south end were just going bananas. Or just ready to trick-or-treat with a lion, you know? Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, that would be fun for a kid, just to be like, there's a lion loose in the city. Like, it might yeah. get me, but the candy's worth it. You just don't, you better not leave your trick-or-treat buddy. Whatever you, whatever you do, I wouldn't leave your trick-or-treat buddy. Now, I remember there was a story of a lion getting out in the zoo, and they couldn't find it. And then they had to, like, bring somebody in with, like, rappel gear because there was one part of the exhibit that maybe it could have, like, crawled into, but it was kind of, like, back in a cave. And then, like, this guy was repelling down and had a flashlight and, like, shine the flashlight in the cave. And then, boom, there was just, like, the lion, ginormous. Like, Giant just, lion. You know, not too far away from his face. He was okay. He got out of there. But that, I, I remember that ha- – not Halloween scare, but I remember that zoo scare of an animal getting out and ended up not getting out at all. It was just – it was in its exhibit. But maybe that maybe that was the same day. Maybe it was yeah. different. I don't know. They've, they've had incidents at the zoo. So yeah, just remember uh, that animals. To, to the friendly, not scary Halloween party. Right. We went to it last year with her being just like three weeks old at that point. So obviously it was just a way for mom and dad to score free candy, which was great. Uh, but I, I am very excited to take her back this year, just where she'll be able to kind of enjoy it a little bit more, or at least be able to like see things. Um, and as you mentioned, Ralph, she she is a this that walker is a walking. Woo! She's she is. She's walking all over the place, which I had a bunch of family members like reach out and be like, walk in before a year. God bless you. Good luck. That's awesome. So I guess now uh, it's uh, the the game has gone gone and changed where I'll be on the move because she she can really scoot. She's been like being able to take, you know, three, four five steps for a little over a month now or just Uh standing by herself. But now she's just like it's her it's her preferences instead of crawling around she would rather just walk around so i think we've i think we have fully transitioned and she is now i think you'll i think you'll appreciate it because scooting around just real dirty especially if you're in a public Mm -hmm. place it's it's for the best for the best um but yeah you're just can't just put her down now she's gonna be getting into stuff so it's it's a fun change of the game but uh you know you're gonna be on your toes a little more too but you got this no yeah i'll be on my toes uh, but no, she's adorable as ever, and that's been very, very exciting. Roush, did you get excited seeing the UK 2023 football schedule release? Uh, I did. I got very excited. Uh, just can't wait to send Nick Saban in early retirement. It's going to be so awesome. 11-11-2023, the tide come to Lexington. Uh, this seems like a, a decent stopping point. We can take our first break. We'll come back. We will talk about the 2023 schedule. We're going to do game-by-game breakdown and predictions, X's and O's for every opponent. Uh, It's going to be the most detailed 2023 schedule release that you're ever going to see. No, I'm just kidding. But we will talk about it. We will uh, will go through it, obviously. the the obvious take is that it's it's light in the front, heavy in the back, Mm -hmm. and and I'm sure we'll have some similar takes to that. Except for Louisville. 
of course. It gets very easy there at the end. Good point. We'll come back. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll break it down. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Especially on a day like today. Nick Roush, TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, we're all here on your Wednesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scoots, I appreciate you sending over all the texts from yesterday. All four of them, huh? Oh, that's all. You Did you not go back through the Rutherford show, see if we had any? Oh, no, I didn't. That's okay. Don't, you know, don't you know, I never do that. But don't, you don't see, you are the expert Big X guy around here. You listen to Rutherford Show, so you know when text gets sent into the Rutherford Show. So I feel like that's your job. Well, they don't. They they say they read all the the KRC texts. They really don't. Uh, they don't they read all their texts. Wow! Why are why are pants on fire? They're violating Thornton's text line policies. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, the th- people at Thornton should be pissed, right? Uh, of course, of course, of course, they 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 don't read all their texts. It's like the most the, clever thing I've ever heard. But but they they say but what they do do is they at least will click on our texts that are for us and not send it along our way. So we end up never seeing that it even existed or that it was even there. That's the risk you take. You can text into the Thornton text line anytime. Three to six is probably the one times the time frame I would not text in. But besides that. You send it in any time of the day, we'll get it. And I try to get it between three and six, but all can't always get to all of them. So, um, so there you go. Well, thanks, Scoots, and thanks to our friends at Thornton's for making our day better. Whether it's with fresh coffee, donuts, fresh fruit, whatever it is, it's all fresh at Thornton's, and it's all good, cheaply priced, reasonably priced, and you're going to save money each and every time you use your app at Thornton's. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cup. No, there's a cat on my neighbor's roof. No. <laughs> Just never ends. How does Gus? How did he even get up there? That's uh, silly cat. Silly cat. I mean, it's <laughs> oh gosh, you never know what's happening in old in Roush's neighborhood. Text on in 502-414-1450. Let's talk about this twenty twenty three schedule, Roush. Let's do it. It came out Tuesday night, um, and it's weird. It's very weird because teams that you typically see later in the year or at the beginning of the year, teams you see at the beginning of the year or later in the year, there's not the normal natural feel that we, we get with the Kentucky football schedule where even if you don't know exactly what's happening, you're like, okay, well, you know, it's October, so you know South Carolina's coming to town soon, right? Um, South Carolina, that's the second-to-last game of the season, <laughs> playing November 18th. Uh, 
Florida, they're still going to be here in September. Um, it was pointed out to me they played week five last year. Um, but normally that game, uh, it was week two this year. It's been week two in the past. I remember the Kyle Trask game was that. Uh, Georgia moved away from its late time slot to early October. Um, the fun thing is, though, with all this moving around, it is such a nice, slow, and easy start that you could be easily 5-0 and with Georgia coming to – or 5-0 and before you go to Georgia, excuse me. Um, but the problem with that is you don't have a lot of buffers to kind of later on the season to let you kind of catch your breath. No, I, I like the bye week. I think the bye week comes at a pretty solid time. Yeah, Scooch just didn't send it over any of the texts before uh, 3 o'clock either. Oh, you usually I got, do that. I, I was taking care of a sick baby yesterday, Scooch. I, didn't, I was not on the computer. That's why I complimented you for doing it, but it turns out. Compliment I'm, taken I'm, back. I'm revoking yep. like UL 2013 NCAA championship. Revoke. <laughs> Take it away. Uh, okay. I think I got them all now, but we're all nice. we're, we're we're all ready to rock and roll. But yeah, yeah. It, it's a little different, TJ. It is. It is different. First and foremost, you know I'm going to ask it. You know I'm going to say it. If Texas and Oklahoma join, should people be looking at the schedule with an asterisk that hey, it may not be the total same that it looks like right now? Oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's, okay, so that that is the case. Oh, I'm I'm totally in like we. Uh, Lucky and I did like a 10 minute video last night. It's like, you might have watched this all for no reason because the SEC might decide that it wants non conference games. They might just bring Texas, you know, like they they can do pretty much whatever they want. And there's um, the CBS SEC deal technically doesn't expire until next year, but there is a thought that everything will just get bought out before then. So, um, yeah, I the they they the, the news or any sort of indication like that hasn't happened, but I'm definitely having as you said an asterisk like subject to change if Oklahoma and Texas join the fold uh, in the near future. Okay, good good to know. I you know we did this all with 2022 scheduling. I will not be able to get it out of my head for 2023 just because I know. Texas, Oklahoma, they, they want to get to the SEC as soon as possible. The SEC wants them there as soon as possible. The Big 12, assuming they can get paid, they aren't going to have any issues saying goodbye to those teams. Gundy had a had a quote about, oh, about Bedlam uh, talking about Oklahoma. The, the Yeah, it's Bedlam, right? Uh, the, yeah, Red, yeah. the Red River the Red River shootout was Texas and Oklahoma, but you can't say shootout anymore. But mm-hmm. it's uh, – so Bedlam, he Gundy, Oklahoma State head coach, he said yesterday, he's like, it's done. I don't know why we're even, you know, people can make childish quotes about it all they want, but it's it's already happened. Like it's the game's not going to be taking place anymore. So we best get best get used to it. And that's true. Like the Big 12's ready to move on. Everybody's ready to move on. I think the SEC is just going to probably have to pay the Big 12 some money, buy out some rights for Texas and Oklahoma, but in the long run, it'll end up being worth it. So hopefully they go to and make it happen sooner rather than later. So that was my first thought when looking at the schedule. Is that the reason why I think it could change next year is because that's when Cincinnati and BYU and all of them join the Big 12. So that since they're coming a little bit sooner than the other two plan on leaving, that feels like a time where everybody just puts their cards on the table and renegotiates to to 
change up the schedule, change up the conferences, and move forward. So, Okay, so that's something to keep in mind when talking about this schedule. Uh, yeah, the, the, the very common take is going to be UK should absolutely start the season 4-0. Uh, I think the late September game in Nashville, it'd be this weekend. So like a, a, a year from right now, folks will be planning a trip to Nashville. Uh, I think that's cool. Better than like the late November gray sky sort of Nashville trip. Oh, yeah. So it's always think- gray skies over that stadium. I think you're going to have a big UK following down in Nashville for that game. Caps will move to four and zero, and then it really sets up for a colossal home game. You'll try to make it two straight uh, or three straight, excuse me, against the Florida Gators. Uh, Florida's only beaten Kentucky once in September since 2018 or since the end of the 2017 schedule. Uh, when this game gets played in September, Kentucky's been pretty pretty good with it. So uh, that will be fun. The Krogue will be packed for that one. You'll get a big game atmosphere then. Obviously, the road game at Georgia, that most likely, you know, we'll just looking ahead, most likely will be a loss. But no reason you can't be 6-1 and one going into the bye week and then taking on Tennessee for that Halloween weekend game, which will be a lot of fun. And you win that one, then your November is as exciting and as anticipated of any November that you've ever had. Uh, the Starkville road trip games never really been kind, been kind. To, Mark, yeah. to Mark Stoops, but you know what? If at that point, if you're seven and one, okay, well, it better be a big deal. Then, you know, win or lose that one, you still have a pretty good season ahead of you. You're welcoming in Alabama, which is a huge game. And you can make a case for why the game would be better early in the season. You can make a case for why it's better late in the season, but get Alabama on a cold Saturday in November and Let's just see what happens with the Cats. It'll be the senior day for a class that has done so much for UK. And is that the senior day opponent that maybe you want? Eh, I don't know. But, hell, why the heck not? You go out there one last time in the Crow, give it everything you've got, and maybe you can shock the world. Uh, I don't think Kentucky – I think Kentucky's kind of past the moral victory spot of things. But if they play Alabama close that late in the season, it may mean that you're – you're right there with national title contenders. They're not far off from it. So, again, we got a long time before you worry about it. Wrapping up the schedule, the SEC schedule at least, you go to Columbia and South Carolina. I love that one. That would be a road trip I wouldn't mind making, depending on how the season is. One, tough game, tough opponent. Two, Columbia in late November. I bet the golf down there would be phenomenal. And then you wrap it up with a road game at Louisville to finish out the year, which – on the one hand, I don't love Alabama. If you're going to play Alabama, you may as well just play them on the road because most likely, whether it's at home or on the road, it's probably going to be a loss. And that's just, I hope that changes someday for UK with Alabama. But that's the case with both teams with Alabama. But I think you kind of make that up because the Louisville road game is never truly a true road game. It's generally 50 50, maybe 60 40 in some instances. So right. I don't think it's as tough as a lot of people were making it out yesterday, Roush. Yes, the back end is tougher, but a lot of winnable games for UK. And I'm saying that having no clue what UK's quarterback's going to look like, but just assuming you're going to be returning a lot of pieces on defense, a lot of pieces on offense. Um, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's, it's big boy football schedule, but UK is a big boy football program. So bring it on. I think if I had my druthers, I would substitute Akron for South Carolina or Mississippi State right there. Like, 
it is very nice that Kentucky's new starting quarterback will get some time to get yeah. get their feet underneath him. But do they need do they need four games to get their feet underneath? Him? Why I, not? I mean, feels like too. Like I, I feel like playing Akron could be much better served um, after a big game where you can kind of exhale a little bit and afford to not be on on your, on your toes. I like having a uh, uh, an easier opponent the second to last before the Louisville game for a variety of reasons. It can kind of serve as a bye week, get healthy, one more kind of tune in, focus up game before you head into a rivalry game. I agree with you. If I was changing the schedule, that's one thing I'd change. But as you mentioned, with replacing a quarterback, that is a like a dream scenario schedule. That like, hey, yeah. you're going to get three games, really probably four, right. where. Figure it out. Like, look good. You know, you can you can even shake off the rust and, and kind of have to get used to your wide receivers. And you, you're going to have a month to do it. You're going to almost have an entire month of September to be able to iron out needing this offense to work. It's going to be year two of Scangarello, which you, you hope that the offense can take a big leap at every other position. Yeah, the quarterback may, may need to figure some things out. But th- that will be the – that will be the stretch to do it. So mm-hmm. while I agree with you, Roush, I would rather have one of those games move to the back end of the schedule, maybe just for 2023, given bringing in, breaking in a new quarterback who I can't imagine is on the roster right now, which means it's going to be a, a transfer from somewhere. It's almost the ideal setup for, hey, let's fit in a new quarterback and figure out how this is going to work. Yeah, I just the, – the only – pushback I would have is just like, well, how much do you even know about them until they play somebody that's worth a damn, you know? Uh, that that The one thing that is kind of nice is that uh, when you catch Tennessee, we love to talk every year after the bye week how bad Stoops teams are off the bye week, but you're coming off a bye, and Tennessee will play Alabama and A&M in the two weeks leading before. So that that's a nice, nice soft – kind of landing spot for you. Um, but, you know, there, there's not a whole lot of – I don't think you have any, except for the last two games of the season, Columbia, and as you mentioned, Louisville being a pseudo-home game. There's not a but there's not any back-to-back road games or a tough stretch where you could see them uh, dropping a bunch unless this team isn't what we think they are. Because really on paper, I mean, this isn't without knowing the roster and who all is going to come in. Like, you, you feel like you have – You'll probably be favored in like seven games, right? Um, especially you five. yeah, like you you should be favored against Florida at home. So, um, I mean, there's more potential for another outstanding start to a Kentucky football season. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. And, I, and I've seen people different opinions on Twitter and message boards of people saying, "Well, this slow start, people are just won't care. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll see Kentucky two and oh, three and oh, four and oh." And they'll say, you haven't beaten anybody. You don't deserve, if, if Kentucky is ranked, you don't deserve the ranking. If they're not ranked, understandably so, you haven't beaten anybody. And I've seen other people say, well, you know, who cares so much about rankings? You'll be 4-0 undefeated late September with Florida coming to town. That's going to be an absolutely huge game. Um, I think both are probably true. Like, from a national standpoint, I don't think UK is probably going to get a lot of love for starting the season undefeated like they most likely will. And then to but you'll have like you'll have plenty of chances. You beat that Florida team and you're 5 and 0, oh, people are going to look at that Georgia game even though I don't think UK fans will be overly optimistic or confident going in that game. 
it'll it could potentially be the CBS 3:30 game at that point. Two undefeated teams in October in the SEC. That's going to get some ratings. That's going to get some eyeballs. Then if you fall now, and like we said, you come back at home. You're right, Roush, that the schedule, while it can appear tough in certain stretches, you're always either gifted with a team you should beat, should beat relatively easily maybe, or a home game. And at home, Kentucky should be, play better. Game should be a little bit easier. So uh, it's a, it is a unique schedule. It's, it's different than ones that we've gotten for UK in past seasons, just the three cupcakes. And if you want to throw in Vanderbilt to make it the fourth, uh, what, if, yeah, what if we switch the Vanderbilt and South Carolina games? I wonder how people would view the schedule. Yeah. I think they'd like it a lot more. They, yeah. it, you know, they may, they may feel a little bit more confident about it. And that Vandy game normally is in, in November. It seems like more times than not, it's in November, at least in October, but uh, you'll get that one in, in September. That'll be a fun trip in Nashville. Instead, Columbia the week before Thanksgiving, the weekend before the week before Thanksgiving. Um, so wait, what? What? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's that's the that's the opposite season. So once basketball, like the Champions Classic, is probably going to be the week of the Alabama game, which is yep. going to be interesting in in twenty twenty three. But a lot of time to worry about that. And like we said, when people are trying to make wins and loss predictions, like we have. We don't know what the quarterback is, and I've been told that's a pretty important position in college football. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty important. It would be fun, though. I mean, think of all the coaches that Mark Stoops has sent on their merry way because, I mean, Coach O, uh, Dan Mullen, I mean, just pretty much all of the Florida and Tennessee coaches, right? They lose to Kentucky, and then they get fired a few months later. It, would you be shocked or surprised if, like, Saban, I mean, it would be year – 15 or 16 there next year, I think. I think he got over there in 2005. So, no, it would even be more than that. It would be close to year 17 or 18. Uh, Alabama, the, you, you think they got it rocking and rolling, but Bill O'Brien's offense just has the Crimson Tide tanking. They drop a late one on the road, and then Saban ends up saying, you know what, it just – that things aren't the way they used to be, and he he hangs it up after the season. Would you be surprised that much, T.J. Walker? Yes. Uh, he just signed an extension like a month ago, and he signed through 2030. So I'm Yeah, but like, the, I mean, contract extensions are pointless. Like that, they, they they mean nothing. He he got that just for more money. But for me, I, I think what the for me, the only counter I would have is Nick Saban's a robot, and if he coaches, if he quits coaching, he's gonna die like two weeks later. So, I I think he's gonna coach until he's like 80. But I could see it would not be crazy, would not be crazy. And let me be the first to say that would be crazy. Okay, that would be crazy. Well, I'll be the first to say not crazy. I also like that you're like extensions, they don't mean anything, they just mean you get more money. Well, but his was an automatic extension because Kirby got an extension that he was – it was like they have it in their contracts that once somebody else becomes the highest-paid coach, then they have to become the highest-paid coach, and then the other one has to become the highest-paid coach, and they all have the same agent, so he just makes more money. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll see Nick Saban coaching through the year 2030, but – yeah, what if he just keeps winning national championships and then he's like 95 and he's like, well, I don't really <laughs> want to keep coaching, but I can't lose. Like, it's impossible for me to lose, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, Scoots, any thoughts on UK's 2023 schedule from our resident big Hoosier UK fan in southern Indiana? Um, yes, a couple things you all touched on. I don't think that Vandy and USC 
switching them would would do anything. I mean, both of them are on the road. Both of them are extremely winnable games, as Kentucky has proved in the past. Um, so I, I, I'm fine with them the way they are. Yeah, the front's a little weak, but what are you going to do? Just go out, take care of the games like I talked about last week. If You, you just got to beat these easy teams like you're supposed to beat them, and, and the rankings will work themselves out. As for the last home game, I love that that is Alabama. You, they could have thrown Alabama in the middle of the season in that Missouri spot, and it, and it doesn't mean as much. But the fact that Kentucky has a chance to go into that Alabama game, I, I mean, we we don't know what's going on with the team, so I don't want to talk about undefeated. But the fact that they have that opportunity to go into that Alabama game undefeated and it's their last home game, I love that. If Kentucky's undefeated and it includes a road win at Georgia, Scoots, then you're right. That Alabama That's true. Yeah, I forgot about Georgia. Totally colossal. But they could have one loss, theoretically. Yeah. Uh, it Really, you, you could – I mean, you could make a case going into that Alabama game, Kentucky could have one loss. Now, you may say that the most outlandish thing is picking UK to win in Starkville, given recent history. But Tennessee at home, take care of business. Florida at home, take care of business. This isn't your 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 papa's Kentucky team. They should be able to – Really, every home game, with the exception of Alabama in 2023, I am going to have the the expectation Kentucky should should win it. And then road games, again, Georgia's the only one that you look at and you say, eh, that one's going to be pretty tough on the road. Mississippi State, again, probably a little naive to say that. UK needs to win down there before we we start to look at that one any differently. Vanderbilt on the road, that's nothing. Louisville on the road. Louisville maybe will be better, but who will their head coach be? And secondly, nothing really to worry about there. And then South Carolina on the road. Kentucky's had success there. That one may be tough, but again, like I mentioned, Kentucky's had success there. So I don't think Scoots is is totally out of off base here. You you could be playing Alabama with just one loss going into that game in middle of November, and the atmosphere for that one would be would be huge. I mean, the the environment, the crowd. You know, Alabama would bring a ton of fans up there. Uh, and then going back to the, the rankings, will they'll settle where they settled. Yeah, that's true. They will. That being said, this is part of the reason, Roush, I just hate college football preseason rankings so much because if, oh, Kentucky, if Kentucky's ranked in the preseason, then that's going to be awesome. Like, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll just slowly and steadily move up each week. Yeah, like a couple teams with bigger wins will probably jump you, and you'll just have to live with that. But for the most part, you'll be, let's say you start the season ranked number 20th by that Florida game. It's not you, totally, yeah, you know, you're probably, yeah. Yeah, you're probably number 12. I mean, Michigan this year. Michigan's playing, like, they have the worst non-conference schedule in the history of non-conference schedule. Hawaii and UConn are two of the worst teams in FBS. They're playing them, and then forget who, who the other really bad team is. But yeah, Colorado State, I think. You don't get punished for playing bad like laughably bad non-conference teams, if you're you just don't get talked about a lot. Like you're not yeah. going to be a topic on game day. People aren't going to be mentioning you, but they'll show your quick how they'll show like a touchdown pass on the highlight show and other top 20 action. Like that that's what it'll be. Um another thing too that we got to think about Vandy actually might be better than South Carolina in 2023. Like I mean that that that's not uh, South Carolina, if you look at their schedule, it's pretty front heavy. And Shane Beamer, I mean, you could you could be handing him a pink slip in that game, you know. Like so, there's a just saying there's a it's, it's, how we perceive teams based on the logos is fun a year out. Once we get closer, we obviously get a much better idea. But especially that Vandy South Carolina game, 
both of those teams. They they could be completely different. And hell, uh, who knows who'll be coaching Missouri then too? Um, you know, you know, I drink with. I think he's gonna he's recruited well enough to stick around another year. But they are they are not good, not good at all this year. Yeah, uh, I love I love it. I love love the way you're thinking, Roush. A lot can change between now and then. Uh, but you're but but exactly right. Where where Kentucky's ranked in the preseason probably going to determine just how far up they move in the polls. If you're not ranked, maybe a little tougher to to, to crack in, just kind of beating up on no names. But um, there's your 2023 schedule talk. If you've got anything you want to say about it, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. But, uh, and again, as we mentioned, to start talking this segment, maybe it ends up getting changed. Maybe the SEC says, eh, we're not doing divisions anymore, so we need to totally change this. Or maybe they just say, hey, instead of this game, you're going to be playing that game, and and that's all that's all we're going to be doing. But it's a it's a big boy schedule. It's got a lot of the big names in the SEC on the schedule, and uh, it's not going to be getting any easier when you add Texas and Oklahoma to the fray. Did and, you see? Or scoot, sorry, yeah, go ahead. And in your all's mind, what percentage does does the SEC have of having Texas and Oklahoma next year? I thought they may have them for. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's like sixty percent. I'm going to say I'd be a coin flip for me, like 50-50. Gotcha. Just I, curious. I, I think that odds are they will be, but I've I think that I've always thought this thing's going to happen sooner than later. But mom's been the word, and the Pac-12 commissioner came out yesterday, and he said, "Listen, folks, if any other teams in the Pac-12 were going to leave for the Big Ten, they would have already left. So we are what we are. We're working on a grant of rights deal, which basically would." have to lock in all the conferences together, all the teams in the conference together, similar to what the ACC has done. And the, he just says they're, they're still working out the details of what that's going to look like. Roush, are you buying that the Pac-12 is safe? That they're, that, hey, hey no, we're no. not we're not getting plucked anymore. No, I'm not buying it. They, they think that for now until somebody leaves. I do think that things have settled down for at least a little while. Like, I, I don't, I don't get a sense that there's this eagerness to expand quickly and right away. Like we're probably going to, like that, that's probably another round away, right? Where 10 years down the road, we have more expansion. This is a slow, a long, slow process, but it was 2012 when the last expansion had, um, 10 years later, you're starting to move in that direction. I, th- I think it'll be after the next round of media rights and stuff. Uh, that's just my guess. So I, I, I think I, they're good for now, but it, it might. But down the road, they're done. I think we'll see. I, I think the Pac-12 commissioner is totally, totally out uh, out of line here. Well, just wrong, I guess. Not out of line, just wrong. I, I think you're going to see Washington and Oregon probably lead for the Big Ten sooner rather than later. I'd say within a calendar year. And I don't think you're going to see a Pac-12 grant of rights deal get completed. So, um, oh, they're, they're definitely not signing a grant of rights though. They, those schools aren't idiots. They see what happened to the ACC. It's it's not in your own self-interest to lock yourself in legally the way that the ACC has. I don't think that's going to happen at all. But I also think that, I mean, does the Big Ten really? You know, I I don't know. I, I don't. I I just don't know how eager this other schools or the other conferences are to get to around twenty. I just think back that like it would 
if the if the Big Ten was doing it all over again, do they take Rutgers in Nebraska? And you 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 probably say yes. They definitely would probably still take Nebraska. But if they just knew how much Nebraska would suck and bring virtually nothing to the table outside of volleyball, would they? Well, if if they knew if they knew what was coming down the line with all this transition, I definitely don't think so. Heck, you could even throw Maryland in that. I mean, Maryland was a good addition, but I mean, they may think about that as well. That is true. Like, what has the Big Ten gotten out of any of their teams that they've gotten in the well, There was there was also like time and place. That was when you were trying to get into cable markets, and now yeah. it's all about streaming. So Maryland that, made sense at the time. Right, in, in New Jersey, because you're like, okay, a Big Ten Network's going to be on TVs in New York City. But it still is not – yeah, no. Um, I I, I, under, I kind of understood it then, but it just doesn't make as much sense in hindsight. Shout out to streaming. And who knows, the next time we have a big realignment shift, it might go back to cable. Like, <laughs> streaming might not be the, the, the way things roll then. Who knows? Yeah, it uh... – I don't think we're done just yet, but you never really know on the carousel of realignment. We're going to go over to the Thornton's text line. You text it in, 502-414-1450. We read it on the air. A texter says, I don't know why TJ keeps saying Justin Fields scores at the goal line. The replay made it clear his knee was down before the ball crossed the goal line. I'm not sure how you don't see it. Uh, I mean, he was, I think, using common sense, it was pretty obvious he was probably in but I, I'm not going to argue with it. I'm pretty happy about it. No touchdown for Justin Fields. The Bears suck. I can't believe somebody's still thinking about this game on Tuesday. A texter says, first glance, I was upset with the schedule because we don't play real football till almost October. Then when I really looked at it, potential to be 5-0 and going into Georgia, UT at home, Mississippi State will have a new QB. Bamba is at least at home, and we could be at one or two losses. And then South Carolina and U of L will be in shambles by the last two weeks. Should be another year where nine and three is expected. I like that. I like that outlook on the schedule, and I think we probably gave similar sentiments over that thirty-minute segment we just did. <laughs> right? I mean, that kind of summed up what we what we were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm not going to put numbers on wins just because. Yeah, I mean, uh, you you think around an eight and four floor, but you know that that's probably just what you're thinking as a Kentucky fan in perpetuity. You know, <laughs> like should be about eight and four at worst, would hope for better, but it feels about like an eight and four year. Well, hats off to this schedule being released this week because imagine if this was released like during the Florida week, we wouldn't talk about it near as much. So thankfully, it's Northern Illinois week, and we can break it down. Thought the same thing, Scooch. That like this came at a really good week at a really good time where Wednesday shows can be the toughest, and because you can't really talk about the game that was, and you can start to preview the game ahead. But even for good opponents, it's like, are we going to talk UK, Florida, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? I don't know about that. It did it, from a content standpoint. God bless the 2023 UK football <laughs> schedule. This was this was great. Yeah, and my wife was even like, hey, uh, why are they doing this now and not in like the offseason? I was like, I don't know, but I'm not asking any questions. I remember during the COVID year where they when they released the schedule. Multiple times. Well, like the final one. Yeah, okay. the, the excitement 
the like people were just so pumped up just to be like oh my gosh it's actually happening you're getting an all sec schedule that release show i bet the ratings for that were were pretty good and that was like if i remember correctly middle of august early august somewhere in august and the season was going to start about a month later um you know middle of september i think i think it was a friday afternoon i remember being very mad about that I was I was cutting my grass and I was like, like oh, wait till I get to the pool to do this. I need to I need to pull over from mowing the lawn and listen when they get to when they get to the schedule talk. And as always, they did their little filler sort of deal. But yeah, these shows, uh, SEC, it just means a little bit more. Hour one done. We're gonna get back to hour number two in the Thornton's text line when we return. A lot of good text from yesterday that we need to get in. A lot of good text in the show today. So we appreciate that. So we'll do that when we return. We got other football news to get to, basketball news to get to. We need to talk a little bit about John Calipari. Do not go anywhere. Kentucky Roll Call returns after this. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Oh. Yeah. FM, 14.50 AM. You can listen to Kentucky Roll Call 7 to 9, Monday through Friday. Replay the show 9 to 11. And anywhere that you stream a radio show, with the exception of iHeart, you can find Kentucky Roll Call there. Anywhere you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. You can get the podcast there. So we appreciate you listening, passing it along to your friends and family, and all that good stuff. Scoot, you excited for the President's Cup? Uh, no. Oh. I mean, if, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, no, I'm with no, you, I'm Justin. Not. I'll watch 0.0. Actually, no, I'll take it back. I might watch a little bit on Sunday, only if Duke's like, Dad, golf ball, not football. But, yeah, there, there's, there's not an event I could care less about on the golf calendar year that is a fill that that is non non live golf because I really don't care about live golf because it's not on TV. Um, but said, this is my said, least non, favorite golf of it. You said non non live, so double negative. You only want to talk about live. Ooh, <laughs> I just want to live. I uh, it's during football season. I, I don't care. Yeah, I mean the Ryder Cup. So a tournament that like the, the U.S. is going to win. Like the Ryder Cup during during football season, and I I, I greatly care about that. I mean, it's competitive though. No offense, Roush. I didn't I didn't ask you. I knew you wouldn't care. <laughs> I, I, I asked Scoots. I knew you're not a golf guy, so I knew you wouldn't care. I mean, I'm a golf uh, guy. I've, I probably watch more golf than Scoots does. Roush not, definitely watched more golf than me this summer, for sure. You're not you're not a golf guy. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Secondly, oh. that's surprising to hear. Uh, Scooch, because you are a golf guy. Yeah, but for, I, yeah, for whatever reason, I didn't watch that much golf this summer. I don't know if it's because I'm I'm hurting by the whole live PGA thing. I, I don't know what it is. I just I, I just I have not been into it this summer. <laughs> you you emotionally haven't been able to get over the live scenario, the situation. Like, and you're I mean, seriously, I know that sounds childish, but seriously, like I I 
I'm so hurt by these two leagues feuding. It's like, come on, guys. Can't we just get together and have good golfers play in the same tournament? Yeah, and then play the full house music in the background. <laughs> well, fine. I'll carry the President's Cup torch by myself on our radio program. And yes, the United States is going to win. Yes, it should be relatively easy. The United States has only lost the President's Cup one time. There was one tie. And also, if you just look at like the world golf rankings between the two teams, it's uh, the highest for the international team. So if you're unfamiliar with what even the President's Cup is, it's like the Riders' Cup, except the Ryder Cup is United States versus Europe. This is the United States versus everywhere besides Europe. So all other walks of the of the world, you can get golfers that are excluded from the Riders' Cup. So this is the rest of the world saying, hey, we want to take on the Americans and something. Of course, you may say, wait, America only gets one country for both competitions and all these other teams get like dozens or maybe even hundreds of countries. Yep, that's right, folks. United States, just as one country, still beats these suckers on a regular basis. But Hideki Matsuyama is the top-ranked golfer for the international team. He is really, really good. I don't think anybody would disagree. Uh, the United States has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people ranked ahead of him. And he's ranked 17th in the world, Hideki wow. Matsuyama. 17th in the world. He would be the 11th ranked player on the, the third to worst ranked player on the United States. So the United States are bringing out the big guns, at least according to the world golf rankings. Who we got? Uh, Scheffler, Cantlay, Shoffley, Thomas, Morikawa, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Tony Finau, Billy Horschel, Max Homa, Cameron Young, Kevin Kisner. Pretty good. And it's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good team. So they're they're heavy favorites to win, as you would probably imagine. It starts tomorrow, and I will definitely be watching. It will be uh it'll be a good time. It's just basically the the most fun betting aspect is how much do you think the the United States will win by? Uh they you know, they do a point system sort of deal. So uh we you could bet on the top point score as well, but pretty good chance the United States is going to roll away uh, with this President's Cup. And that's a good thing. So, all right, nobody else cares about it. We'll move on. 502-414-1450. Let's get into the Thornton's text line, see what they bring up. But, Roush, if you've got anything you want to get to, we can can circle back to it. Um, I would just say briefly, uh, Northern Illinois, we wanted to get some sort of update from their head coach, Thomas Womack, yesterday, or Hammock, excuse me, uh, wanted to get some sort of update from him yesterday. Uh, you'll never believe this, but the college football coach was, m- mum was the word. Mum oh, was man. the word. Do you think yeah. Northern Illinois fans and radio shows, why won't they just talk to us straight, give us the answers we're looking for? It was a great answer, non-answer, because he said, we got better news than expected, but we still aren't sure We'll find out. We'll know more later in the week. It was. Ooh, it was. It is- was really. Uh, it was really just uh, uh, the perfect non-answer. But we'll say now is the easier time to be in a non-answer. If it's a long-term thing, then he's got to come up with more creative solutions. So well, even then though, you could be like, 
we thought that it could be career ending. Instead, he's just missing the season. Like that's a what a move. That that's a veteran coach move, really. Stoops will need to put that feather in his cap next week with JJ Weaver. Just be like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we didn't get him in against Northern Illinois. We took a he went back to medical, and we got actually some great news in that front. But we'll just have to see this week what 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 he can and can't do. Boom. And then if he doesn't play, well, like the news was better. He just still wasn't ready to go. You're not really lying. Oh, right. I think you're going to see a lot of coaches use that one because it's not a lie. Oh, man. <laughs> Technically not a lie. It's kind of like, you know, Calipari's, I haven't seen him. It's like, haven't seen him today. Haven't seen him <laughs> in the last hour. Haven't seen him in this room right at this exact moment. You know, you can you can get creative with it. So uh, I did. Um, that is great. I doubt we see him play just based on everything I've read, but I have no idea. Right, right, right. I, I will give it to this this coach though. He was so he went to Northern Illinois, uh, was really talented there, coached there a little bit. Was the Baltimore Ravens running backs coach when they hired him? He was like just below five hundred his first year. Didn't win during the COVID year, and right when his seat was getting hot, he gets Lombardi to come in. They beat Georgia Tech to kick off the season, so the the first Power Five win, I, at least under his tutelage. Uh, but they, they they win that game and then go on and win the MAC championship. So he went from hot seat to best coach ever, just like that. And a lot of it's uh, thanks to Lombardi. So um, I would think TJ that is even though that as he said, you know, his players are excited to play a top ten team on the road on national television. There is a do you really want to risk the meat and potatoes of your season to? throw this guy out there too early. So I, I would doubt that he plays, and the guy behind him is a game manager at best. So uh, feeling good about Kentucky's chances against the Huskies. Oh, I hope I hope so. hope the Cats can get by the Huskies. It's going to make that uh, – it make that Ole Miss game a little bit awkward if Kentucky slipped up this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, would, who does uh, Ole Miss have? They have Tulane or Tulsa always get a I, 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 I keep getting them confused. I think, too. I think it's Tulsa. Tulsa. I also yeah. think it's Tulsa. Uh, I would roll with Tulsa. But can one of those teams just change? Like, Tulane, you're no longer Tulane. You're the former SEC team in well, New Orleans. The thing that makes it really confusing, too, is – it's the golden hurricane and the green waves. Like they aren't even, they, they have the same mascot for crying out loud. Yeah. And they're, yeah. I mean, uh, not really the same, but I, but I, you I know, they're, it. they're aquatic themed and they're in a similar part of the country. I um, in New Orleans University, and university of new Orleans at Tulane. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, seriously. What, wouldn't you rather be referred to as new Orleans anyway? And, and also is Tulane like some guy, who is Tulane? What's a Tulane? Mm. I mean, a Tulane I, I, in the road? I know, but I maybe, a, Scooch, you want to tell them? A Tulane road? I got nothing. I have no idea who Tulane is. Okay. I just know back when we were younger, Roush, people would be like, if you're going to New Orleans, go party in Tulane. That's, the, that's where you want to go party. Tulane's where it's at. And did I ever make it over to Tulane? Sure as heck didn't. Sure so, didn't. Basically, a yeah, it was just a rich guy. Um, it was a public school, the University of Louisiana, and uh, a rich guy gave a million dollars to say, "Let's make this a private school and let's let's church it up a little bit." So, there, there you have it. Ah, good stuff. Well, um, I bet that'd be a fun place to go to college. 
but not a fun place to remember when thinking about that school and Tulsa. And I bet the, I bet the college life could be more different at those two places. They claim that Tulane is the number one party school or Tulane claims that Uh, there's everybody claims that exactly. Everybody. Here's the deal. If you go to college and you're not impressed with the party life, you're going, you're going to the wrong school. It's true. Because even if it's not as good, it's just not. It's just different. I mean, I, I would like Florida. You can find plenty of ways to have fun, but I personally would have more, much more fun in Lexington versus Gainesville. Yeah, but if you went to Florida for four years and you weren't impressed with the party scene, then it would probably be because you're a dork. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just, I mean, it's a that, you problem. Exactly. And I feel like that's the case of probably 98% of colleges. There's probably a few places where it's like, yeah, you really got to go out of your way to find some of the, the partiers. All right. Well then just don't go to those places. Those places are probably pretty obvious. Uh, anyways, moving past it. A texter says, I don't, uh, first glance, I was upset with the schedule because we don't play. Hmm. Or we read that one. Hmm. Got a lot of you of all fans continue to cry about our non-conference schedule even when we play Georgia and Alabama. Really can't wait to beat them again by 50 this year. Soup should run it up and make Satterfield cry like an absolute child this season. You of all folks were not talking about UK's 2023 schedule, were they? Oh, of course they were. Were they really? I I mean, I I don't know this to be factual, but like that's what they – there's nothing Louisville fans love more to discuss than Kentucky's schedule. By the way, Mike Rutherford had said he had heard – through some sources that the UK U of L game could be moving back towards like closer to the beginning of the season. I think he said he was, this was, he said this well, at least a while over, ago though, right? Yeah. At least over a month ago. Um, he did. I, I think he said he did. He doesn't think it's guaranteed to be the first game of the season, but it could be like second or third or fourth or something like that. Just to keep an eye on that moving forward. Well, at least in 2023, that's not the case. But Rutherford, really hope you're right, buddy. Really want that UK U of L game, not the end of the season. It just doesn't do it for me, Roush. Mm, yeah, it does it for me. I, I, so here's the thing, TJ. It would be much more fun uh, to have the whole summer to hype it up on sports radio in the Oval. But we get artificial off-season momentum every single year by beating the snot out of them at the end of the season. So that that's – like, especially if you look at that schedule in November, you could have a really rough November. But if you beat the snot out of South Carolina and Louisville to end the season, then you kind of forget about it. Kind of like you – I don't want to say you forget about – forget about isn't the right word, but you do leave with a good taste in your mouth. Similar to last year where – as tough as that Tennessee loss was, you still felt good about the nine and three seasons because you could bank some wins, including a blowout over your rival to end the year. That rivalry game does really, really get people in the right mood after you kick the snot out of them to end the season. Yeah, you're 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 spot on about that. And what a way to end the season, beating your rival by a combined like 110 points over the last three meetings. That's just good, clean family fun for everybody involved. I just I I, I maybe famous last words and maybe this rivalry will get to a point where it's more competitive. And I, I, I understand how things work. Someday in our lives, Roush, UK probably will not continue to beat U of L by a million points and Mm -hmm. 
God forbid, as much as you know, pains me to say, at some point Louisville may have the upper hand in this rivalry someday. If now, if UL gets stuck behind in, in the conference realignment shuffle, the way that it's kind of seemingly going to go, maybe UK should always have the upper hand in, in the rivalry. But I, I know how these things can go, and at some point it potentially could flip back. And if you had top twenty-five matchup, top fifteen matchup, UK UL Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe maybe that's the secret sauce. We just haven't had that, so it's kind of tough to say. But when you look at rivalry week and you look at all the big games at the end of the season, I don't know. I just I, I maybe I'm growing up. Maybe I'm changing. But like I'd I'd rather play Tennessee at the end of the season. I'd rather a big SEC game between two programs that have been pretty similar, jockeying for position in the SEC East standings. I'd rather I'd rather Tennessee be the last game of the season and then get the excitement of the U of L rivalry earlier in the season where you get to talk about it during the summer. Uh, but but maybe that's all that it is. Maybe it's the fact that the since it's been the end of the season, Louisville's had some solid years, a couple, and UK hasn't really been all that great. And then Kentucky has really elevated its program status, and U of L's been in the gutter. Maybe that's all it is is just bad timing, and that's why it hasn't really clicked for fans. But for the most part, they're not even selling out the stadiums. And and that's kind of hard to believe for UK and U of L in this rivalry, but it's been the truth. The weather hasn't always been great. Maybe that's yeah, part that, of that's a big one. Yeah. The, the weather's been really bad for some of it. The last two have been good crowds to start though. Well Until, you know, the blowout kicks in and then the ones at U of L are I think better just because you have so many Kentucky fans in Louisville. Louisville fans Louisville. don't travel. Like what are, do not travel. They will you, if they think they're going to lose or they even think there's a chance they're going to lose, they do not go to that UK U of L game. I mean now, TJ, if, they, if they think they're gonna blow UK out, they show up. But if they think that there's even a chance they're going to lose, you're right, Roush. They're one of the fewest. Them and Vanderbilt are the regular opponents on UK schedule that bring the fewest fans. And Louisville is 60 miles away. And here's the thing, too, that we got to remember. Louisville fans won't travel to their own home stadium when they think they're going to lose. So, boom, like, boom roasted. Yeah, I mean, we should know better. Uh, the, the, the thing, though, bringing up Tennessee at the end of the year, though, that, like, having that loss – consistently for so long it does feel good to end with a win over a rival instead of ending with a loss and you and you're right at some point like this, this rivalry kentucky's not going to it's not going to be one-sided forever in our favor uh i'm just i'm curious when that that one year's gonna happen where we do get a close game and, and the, the tides start to turn but you know who knows maybe it could be 2023 and there would be some U of L fans listening, being like, "You all, Louisville was favored over UK last year. You act like it's it's per- perceptions been. That's first off, not really kind of what we're talking about. We're talking about a game like we're talking about a game where national media could actually even take a second glance at UK U of L during rivalry week at the end of the year. And no, no offense, but like a six and five U of L team isn't going to do it. I mean, it just especially playing in the ACC, it's not going to do it. Now, even if, if Kentucky were like seven and four, then Kentucky probably hasn't done their part in terms of getting national eyeballs on the rivalry at the end of the season. It, it, it needs to, unfortunately, be like a perfect storm. And that's part of the reason why I think you need to move it because we're using the word perfect storm where both teams are having great seasons. They have they're nationally ranked. And then just maybe then it'll it'll get the juice that it probably deserves. 
So that's not going to happen, or if it does, it'll be pretty rare. So put it at the beginning of the season, let people pump their chest all summer, give us radio goobers something to talk about for months and months and months. Louisville fans will still get overly confident like they always do. It's just reality will hit them in the face a little bit sooner than than most years, although Syracuse uh, Mistress's name is reality this season because that was a, a, a cold, hard wake-up call in week number one for the Cards. But I would like to see it moved. And you're right. If you play Tennessee at the end of the year, Roush, and it goes like the rivalry has gone most of our life, not so much recently, which is good news, but most of our lives, then that would suck. And maybe I'd be, I'd be saying it's time to change. But the Stoops there at UK have shown that UK can compete against just about everybody in the SEC with maybe two exceptions, Alabama and Georgia. And the Tennessee rivalry is much more competitive. Those programs are much more closer uh, to level than Tennessee fans would ever want to admit. And if you have that game at the end of the season, maybe some year it's for like, hey, if Tennessee beats Kentucky, they'll win the SEC East. But doesn't happen. How amazing would that be to keep Tennessee out of Atlanta the final week of the season? Or someday, fingers crossed, UK clinches a spot in Atlanta by beating Tennessee the final weekend of the year. That would just be oh, mm. what a what a treat that that would be. So, yes, I can't believe I'm saying it. I, I've wanted the Louisville rivalry earlier in the season for a while, but yeah, give me Tennessee at the end during rivalry week. That will lead to more ranked matchups, bigger games, and then get Louisville at the beginning of the season where it gives us to talk about it all summer. And uh, I, I, I'm I'm surprised I've come around to that take, but that's where I'm mm. at. Yeah, weird. It's 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 old guys like things how they were in the good old days. Yeah, yeah but hey, has Kentucky ever beaten Lane Kiffin? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, they've only played him once or twice, I think. One loss at Ole Miss. And yeah. it was COVID one, year loss, and then Tennessee. one loss at Tennessee? Yep, he was only there one year. So. I think that was their, like, 25th win, though, in the in the series. 25th straight yeah. win, yeah. which wasn't which wasn't good. Not uh, great, not great. Let's get to a break, though. Um, this, old, oh. this old computer of mine's uh, about to die, and my charger is not in my room. It's downstairs. So always let's get to a break. Always prepared, Roush. Uh, I guess if he says we got to, you know, what if we don't want to take a break? All right, we'll take Well, then you can just do the rest of the show without me. No, don't go, Roush. All right, we'll be right back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Gale. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Say, man, you got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. The grass in a charger. Oh, I'm juiced up, baby. That's what we like to hear. Good stuff. Welcome back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Export Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 A. And we're not going to really have time to be able to get into this conversation as much as maybe I thought when I wrote this down. But uh, John Calipari just doing the the New England Mid-Atlantic Tour. Just living life. Uh, I've been told that he's got a house up there. I I bet it is getting a lot of use over the last couple weeks. But 
there are very important recruits up there, Roush. So he is touching base with all of them, hopefully getting this 2023 class locked in and finalized. And uh, saw that he was also hanging out with the, Ian Jackson. And hopefully mm-hmm. you're that boy's good. Some roads there for 2024 as well. Um, but that could be, uh, we had that brief conversation yesterday. That could be one of your one and dones that goes away if that does. But like we said on Tuesday's show, if you didn't listen, go back and check it out on the podcast. You know, I'm not going ahead and saying that's a done deal yet. Like some others are like that still, still plenty of time to let the cake bake on whether or not they're going to, uh, keep the one and done around or not. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you. U of L fans have just completely given up on DJ Wagner, and so that one just seems to be the timing. Like, yeah, like when's it going to come out? Right, right. Yeah, um, nothing. I I don't even know if Kenny Payne has visited up there, which that should kind of tell you all you need to know. I'm I'm wondering why some of the national folks have gone quiet. Like the DJ Wagner recruitment has been a quiet recruitment, all things considered. There hasn't really been much news, and then. Around Peach Dam, around summer, it was kind of this boom of news, and then that the the ripples of all that have calmed. There's nothing going on there anymore. But you could have as simply put as, "Hey, U of L hasn't visited him. U of L hasn't been up here. I, I talked to his high school coach. I talked to his AAU coach. Um, it's just been Kentucky and May. If no other school is visiting him, well, what does that tell us? Yeah, yeah. I us but I, to know. I, th- I think too, though, like just to your point. Um, they just, oh, here's an event. We're going to write all the stories at said event, and then we're good. Like, you, you, it's just groupthink in media, especially with recruiting. Like, you saw it a few weeks ago before Bronny took his visit to Ohio State. Everybody started writing Bronny recruiting stories. And it's like, well, you didn't need to wait on somebody else to write one before five other people joined in. Like, yeah. Not how it works. But, hey, Louisville did get a commitment yesterday, though, from uh, seems like a decent player. So, hey. There you go, Kenny Payne. Start yeah. those games. And now his name escapes me. He's a kind of a three-four hybrid. Chris Williams, is that right? No, that's not right. That's not right. It is oh, Curtis Sam Curtis Curtis Samuel. Curtis Williams. Curtis Williams Jr. I was, all right. I got the Williams right. I was close. Newt, C. Newt, Williams. Newt started with an S, though. No, that's it, a nice. It's a nice addition for U of L. The only thing I would say, not being snarky or trying to like be a troll, would be it's, that's not really a different caliber than Mac was getting. Um, you know, before Patino kind of started turning up the heat in recruiting, he had kind of those were the players he was getting on a regular basis. So uh, it's not really a huge uptick for like when we thought Kenny Payne was going to be getting five stars. This is not a five star, but it's a nice player. It's a good player to add to a class. Uh, they've got the former male. Caleb Glenn, he's there as well. So it's a solid class. It's just not, so far at least, not the type of class I thought Kenny Payne would be getting. Right, right. Fringe top 50 player. Uh, solid piece, but not uh, not your McDonald's All-American jaw-dropper, if you will. Correct, uh, yes. And I, you I know, what, dro- I you know what is a jaw-dropper, though, TJ? What's that? Whenever I walk into a room rocking some Shady Rays, people are just like, wow, you're so fashionable, so stylish, Roush. How did you get so cool? Then I take off my Shady Rays, and they're like, ooh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Go to ShadyRays.com. Be cool like Roush. Mm-hmm. Use the promo code 
big X. They're going to hook you up. Not only are they stylish and fashionable, um, but they're polarized, which is really nice. Um, they're, they aren't, they don't come at a huge, steep price. And if you break them, if you lose them, bada boom, bada bing, they'll replace them for you. It's simple. It's easy. It's fun. At ShadyRays.com, promo code Big X to get your shades today. Pretty nice of you to call your wife or your son cool. No, nothing. Because you said you're cool. Oh, like when I walk into the room? You said you be cool like Roush. So I'm thinking oh, like yeah. Brooke or Duke because Nick is not cool. I got it. Thanks. Jesus. I got it. I got it. Duh, what a two four one four fourteen fifty the Thornton's text line. So all good news in recruiting. Calipari just going to Yankees games, hanging out. Oh, and also like old Slice has just been at Cal's hip. You go up to that part of the town, you hang out with Slice, the former UK assistant for a year. Which not too shabby. When I when I see that. Not that it's really a surprise. Like we know with Tony Barbie, we know a slice. Like Cal, Cal not immune to just hiring his old old pals. No, he's a big. Uh, he's got his guys. There's not. It's it's a very small circle too. If you've noticed, it is. It is a small circle. But um, I'm just surprised he hasn't hired Seth Greenberg at some point. To be honest with you, <laughs> and I'm like only half joking about that. But to, uh, I think Seth's just like ah, I get paid well enough. Yeah, I, I bet. If, I bet if you ever like really needed a gig, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And then the uh, Dino Gaudio, if you know, if he doesn't have the fallout at U of L, he's probably on UK staff somewhere along the line as well. Gosh, dude. the Gaudio audio, never forget <laughs> the Gaudio audio. Uh, Texture says Roman Harper on SEC now giving UK mad props. What? <laughs> it it was funny because they made <laughs> the the producers made Roman Harper be the analyst who talks about the Florida-Kentucky game when they got to that week in the schedule. Oh, did they? <laughs> yeah. And he had to just do the can, like, you know, Kentucky's been really taking some from him lately. That's been an exciting game. You know, it, it, it was just very – it wasn't take time. He just had to share some quick analysis. I just thought it was amusing that they made him be the one that did that. Good, good. Uh, make him do it just every every single year. Annual tradition. <laughs> Cooler weather does not include a Kentucky January. They love fall and spring is in cooler than a Kentucky summer. Maybe not for our show. Yeah, maybe not. You know, it happens. Um, Need Scoots doing a Stephen Avery impersonation to become a regular bit. Man, that was that was wild yesterday. I've never impersonated Stephen Avery, but I thought that was pretty spot on. I was, we, I was pretty impressed. Can we do the Stephen Avery segment I, of the day? I don't know. I don't know, Teresa. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it anymore. I got practice. He just gets more and more Canadian to the point he's going to be speaking French here soon enough. Oh, you can hardly man. hear him with a maple syrup in his mouth. <laughs> Adnan did it, says one texter. Maybe John goes back to the concession stand because he's reviewing all the food options for his YouTube channel. That's a That's good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 Which. Can't believe KSR. What are we doing? Have we not reviewed the new concession stand items on the KSR YouTube channel yet? We might as well not even have a YouTube channel if we're not going to review the food. Why not let John just be the proxy? Get somebody with some experience to go in there. Because I be- really want an empanada. Like, I'm here's the thing, TJ. It's not very. It's it's a very British thing to enjoy a meat pie 
And that's basically what an empanada is. And I just, I haven't had many, but when I do, I enjoy them. So I, I, I need to put more meat pies in my diet. It wasn't KS Bar that he gave the bad review, was it? Oh. No, he did He did go to a Lexington restaurant. I didn't check it out yet, but it wasn't wasn't great, apparently. Oh, I, haven't mm. seen, I haven't seen that one. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Check it out. Uh, yeah, keep up, keep up the good work, John. I'm sure we'll see you on the text line here soon enough. Fair play to Doster. This top 100 list stinks to high heavens. I don't know what you mean by the fair play to Doster, but but yeah, his top 100. Uh, his, his... <sighs> yeah, don't forget the college basketball almanac. It's coming out. Give your money to Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster. College basketball almanac. To a store near you. It's the Players Association who wants the age lowered, not the owners. So it's not really the NBA who wants it, and you can understand why you'd want it from the player side. Yeah, okay, so we I mean, we did kind of talk about that. It was the NBA and NBA PA were going to talk about this, so this texter's just letting us know it's the NBA PA, the ones that's bringing that up. I, I totally understand it. If you're an owner, you, you're, uh, what's, you, don't, what's, you don't say owner anymore. Governor. If you're a governor of the team, then you need to, like, you should absolutely be against it. You should, there should be enough sample size to know that, yes, there could be that freak high school player you'd love to get your hands on, but more times than not, there's going to be Bus City USA or International that travels. So, I, I, yeah, and I could see it, like you said, Texer, from the player side, why they'd be for it. From the, but from the governor's side, the owner's side, no way. So I've done some investigating um, on the local John 1812 Facebook page. And he. so what happened, I, I think what happened, KS Bar was full. He went next door to the Tilted Kilt. And his main course looks pretty good. But for an appetizer, he got the scotch eggs, which, Ew. yeah, like no wonder it wasn't good. You got deep fried hard boiled eggs. Like that just looks, it looks disgusting. Oh, yeah. Why would that ever be on a menu? Well, I guess because they're tilted kilt. They got to have one Scottish thing. So that's their Scottish thing. But I've eaten there before uh, a couple of times recently and uh, was uh, pleasantly surprised. Do the waitresses still wear like the outfits? Yeah. Yeah. They still, Come on. They still wear the outfits. <laughs> That was a well. That was well timed, Scoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more thing I wrote down about Calipari and the UK stuff. Kyle Tucker, who I think is an amazing writer, but I also think he is almost like a publicist for Calipari to mm-hmm. a certain point, uh, to to some extent, I should say. And he wrote a, a great article, as they so often are, talking about, hey, if the NBA does change the one and done. Will Calipari, is this a, a good finish point? It's going to be a new era of college basketball. Maybe this is where he says, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm out. Just knowing his relationship with Calipari, I can't help but wonder if this is Calipari's way of saying like, hey, may, maybe that is going to be how it unfolds. You should write about that. It's not set in stone, but I could see that being a good landing point. It makes sense. 
So well, all I'm saying it, is the fact that Kyle like brought up the question that like maybe this is, maybe it won't be. I I, I think that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and, and that's. I feel like we've had that because it would be the year after DJ Wagner, right? So it would be at the end of the 23-2024 season. And that one, it's felt like that one's been circled for a while. Uh, the one and done, if they did remove that, that would just kind of give him another reason to to call it quits then. So I, I've kind of had that year tentatively penciled down um, as a, a, a swan song for Calipari. So I'm going to enjoy this ride while we can. We did have details released for Big Bill Madness Camp Out. If you want to camp out, there's maps, there's information. They're going to give out pizza. Um, I am just, uh, you could just go online at Ticketmaster.com, though. I just be much easier than camping out. But can't. But some people camp out for the experience, Roush. Yeah, I, I did it once people, to say I did it, and I I didn't even really do it. So. Yeah, but some people, believe it or not, may like things that you don't like. Yeah, no, I just you know, it's not it's not for me. I'm not going to yuck their yum, but yeah, don't yuck their yum. Please. I'm just trying to say, if you want to go, you don't have to camp out. Correct. Correct. That, that I think most people know that, but yes, that's a good a good reminder that you do not have to camp. Although, what if they did, and then just it got to a point where Big Blue Madness was just like you know fourteen hundred people, because you had to go actual camp out to get the tickets. That'd be a good way to implement the change. Uh, by the way, Scooch, the Hoosier Hysteria, which they will be serving beer out because it's not Mitch Barnhart. Uh, they have they're getting a musical guest to to perform. Did you see that? I did. Never heard of him. I also never heard of 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 him. So I was going to need you to tell me about them. What what's I, what, what's the name? Uh, I, hold on, I can't even remember the name. I, I'm assuming though he's from Chicago, so I'm assuming with the way we've done things in the past, it's he's got some sort of IU connection, maybe an alum of some sort. Uh, this is Indiana. They need to sing that at the. That, yeah, that get, would really get the people get going. Scoots old fling back out there. Come on, uh, in. G rapper G Herbo. Yeah, G Herbo. Never heard of him. Uh, let, let's see. Jeff Rab Johns had some, some, some tweets about it. Indiana has modernized Hoosier hysteria in a major way with the addition of a popular music act. Rapper G Herbo will be performing. The first half of G. Harbor, G. Herber's Herbo's double album, Survivor's Remorse, is scheduled to be released on October 7th, the same day as Indiana's Hoosier Hysteria. So you're going to get some G. Herbo. Nice. Are you hysterical for the Herbo? I couldn't care less. Oh. <laughs> uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line says... I don't think there are many states where it's legal to have serial numbers removed from your gun. That's the bigger issue than the gun itself in Bates' case. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's legal. So yeah, yeah, that's the that's the stolen gun aspect of it. But if he didn't scratch off the serial number, well, but you can't prove that. Like, yeah, I think, got, I think got, possession is nine tenths of the law. Yeah, yeah. So maybe somebody else will come forward and say I scratched it off. Another texture says, just we realize we play Akron next year. Yep, time to zip them up. They play the old zips coming to Lexington. The double, oh, I love, I love a good match and double feature. And uh, we're doing that uh, this, this week too. So, in the Dr. Pepper Fanville commercials, who is the white lady married to the sense there are two men 
that she is with at different times. There's some wife sharing going on in Fansville. I, I, I saw, I think it was Andy Staples who tweeted that out. Like, don't we all know that she's with the guy with the eye paint? Like, the fact that the producers of Fansville couldn't get that right, like, they couldn't get that right and wouldn't think that people would notice. They obviously, they're trying to make a joke about the obsession of college football fans without understanding how obsessive college football fans are. So, really disappointing. Time to bring back uh, Larry Culpepper. Why you know, can't they? He maybe came she, up with a playoff. Maybe there is a little wife sharing in Fansville. What's oh, the issue? Putting pineapples on the front porch. Upside down pineapples. Yeah. A texter says Nick's boss made a comment this week that Kentucky's coaching staff has a good idea of whose next season QB one will be, and that person is not currently on the roster. I know it's early for these conversations, but comments like that have me wondering: Can Roush drop any knowledge on a potential QB transfer? Maybe what conference this player is per- currently playing in? No, no, but it's just, it's going to be a superstar, awesome quarterback. So get ready for that. Oh, are you, you're confident in that? Yeah. Kentucky's going to get a kick-ass quarterback in the portal. It's just, it's going to happen. I don't doubt that UK staff has an idea of who, who the, the fella may be. The, um, I think what's going to happen is, no, they've definitely done their homework. Um, but for me, it's, uh, what they really need to do is just keep that pocket clean because I've, I was digging into PFF stats and actually, if you, if you look at him at all, he, well, this did get decent protection. It's just that when he did get pressure, he was sacked, right? Like there was no, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, there wasn't a whole lot of in between, right? Um, but his numbers when he did have a clean pocket were pretty incredible. And he actually wasn't under pressure when he threw his two picks. It was something like 23 of 30 for 312 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So that you've got the receivers. I think it's pretty clear to this next portal guy. Now just show the next guy that he's not going to be on the ground a lot. Yeah. And but maybe, yeah, maybe people are also going to want to know who this portal quarterback is all year. It would totally defeat the purpose if somebody did know and say something because then you just ruin it. Um, like it just it just won't happen. The person's got to be in the portal. Like, it, it's just not how things work. But the coaching staff is not going to just like all of a sudden the season ends like oh let's go check the transfer portal to see where we're going to go. Like that that's not how these things work. A texter says, when I look at the offensive line, I know they have size, numbers, and talent. They lack experience and chemistry, which they can rep and cultivate. In the short term, should the scheme be simplified? Looks like many of the players are thinking too much and simply not playing. That is, I, that, I think that is more of a problem than the actual execution. The actual blocking is just not knowing where to go. Um but I don't think it's much of a scheme thing because they're only asking them to do two or three things. It's just being on the same page for that play and being like working cohesively because, as we said, we're in week four, still haven't started the same offensive line. So uh, that, and I, and I think a lot of it falls on Eli Cox's shoulders as well. Like, hey, let's, let's step it up, Eli. Let's, let's see some of your A game. I know you've got huge, huge shoes to fill, but – Let's show us what you got. A texter says, TJ, who's our QB next year? 
that's that don't know. Don't know, but seems like everybody's confident it's going to be somebody good. So that makes me happy. And for reasons that we've mentioned on this show for several, several episodes over the course of months, really, it's going to be a really appealing setup for for whatever the QB may be. Yeah. Great wide receiver think- room, great tight ends, offensive line should be solid, and then running backs, you should have options. I think, too, like when Will Levis entered the portal, it was it wasn't clear like it was a done deal, but the way that people talked about it, it's like, hey, here's the guy you've been waiting on. That it will be known once this quarterback does get into the portal. Who because kids don't get into the portal unless they know where they're going first. I know that's not how it's supposed to work, but that's how it works. Or at least a good idea of right. hey, this will be my my landing spot, but maybe I'll check out some other places. Two, a texter says, hey guys, total rookie here going to the game on Saturday. What's your preferred method of sneaking in alcohol? The wife isn't going for airplane bottles in the bra. She's convinced I'm going to get us kicked out. Any advice? Welcome. Tell the wife that they are not looking for as archaic and idiotic as UK's alcohol policy is. They at least tell their ushers and ticket people don't 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 be that usher. Don't be the one going over the top. Now that being said, a little bit falls on the fans. You have to. You can't be an idiot. You need to tuck it away where it's not in plain sight. They ain't gonna go digging. They ain't gonna go feeling. Yep. They ain't gonna go looking. But if it's sticking out, then they may say something to you. So you just have to. And the nice thing is Saturday night, at least around kickoff, it's gonna be a little chilly. Like it's uh, you're definitely maybe gonna want to have a hoodie on you. If you have a hoodie, you can just put it around your pants line, uh, tuck, you know, put the put the shirt over top of it, put the hoodie over top of it. You can put it in your hoodie and just carry it in that way. That's a little bit more risky because if they tell you to shake out your hoodie, then you're completely and totally in trouble. Uh, I'm a big fan. If you're wearing jeans or pants, you know, you wear socks, t- tall socks. You put it in your sock, let the pant leg cover it up. That's another good way to do it. And then for guys, again, you can always just put it. Uh, really just anywhere in your pants and for the yep. most part you'll be fine so just just act like you own the place walk in just completely normal make sure it's not out in plain sight and you'll be good to go tell the wife nothing to worry about yeah there's absolutely nothing to worry about also you should you should be more comfortable sneaking being a sneak right like it's mm-hmm. fun it is. Indiana Tim here. TJ with the whiny baby takes on the schedule. Wait, that is the baby. <laughs> Lucy was really worked up about the schedule. Oh, a lot of good games to take her to in early uh, September. You know, some of those garbage games, probably some noon kickoffs in that time in that time span. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that'll be great for the baby next year. If Texas and Oklahoma join, does that mean the schedule that just came out last night means nothing? Maybe. We don't know. Possibly. Yeah. Like, and it would be really wise for the SEC Network to do it now and then have another schedule reveal for during the offseason. Like, good way to cash in on some ratings. That's a good point. Yep, they like money. Mm, love it. Love the stuff. John here. Good hump day morning to everyone. Hey, with the look at next year's football schedule and talk of winning games, okay, with the talk of who will be the QB, with that, with what we have on the roster, would Deuce Hogan not be an option? I understand trying to find a quarterback in the transfer portal, but would it not look better on our coaching staff if we would develop a quarterback already on the roster? I'm not sure, guys. Just asking. Got to go. Talk to you later. Uh, there's Being prideful of like recruiting and developing your own guy is what's getting Jimbo Fisher a terrible offense. You got to say your pride aside, John. Uh, Deuce Hogan's a fine quarterback, uh, but he's not a – 
Like he, he's not a guy that's going to go out there and win you 10 games in the SEC. So that same philosophy is also seeing Dabo, the machine that is Clemson kind of slow down with Dabo having the same mindset, John. Yeah. I mean, if you have a guy that you feel like you can develop over time, that's great. But if you, you can't mess around with the quarterback position. It's too important. So they're going to take care of that, and it'll be outside the current roster. I can almost – I I will guarantee it. I, it is a guarantee. Yeah. Hey, unless Will Levis does he even have another year if he wanted it, but he's certainly not going to take it. So yeah, he could use happen. a COVID year, but yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. Uh, this is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Roush, who's our QB, and who are we going to the – are we going to the portal for running back? Pretty nervous about those two spots next year versus Alabama. No, you're not. I, the the one thing that I don't want to say it's nice. Um, it sounds kind of mean, but the one thing that a, a byproduct of Ramon Jefferson's injury is that he's going to get a waiver. So you have Ramon Jefferson back, and then you brought in a bunch of freshmen, um, and you also have Lavelle Wright, like getting his feet wet this season. Uh, so yeah, I mean, losing Chris Rodriguez, bad. <laughs> um, but getting Ramon Jefferson back alleviates, I think, any sort of uh, necessity to go to the portal. This text is amazing, and I'm actually going to be tweeting it out. Why is this schedule out before this season's basketball schedule? That is an amazing. Oh my god! If we gave Great point. Away, that's an amazing text, and I wow. don't have an answer for you. Really, like that's what are they? What is going on with the basketball schedule? Just release it. It should be out in July. I mean, there's no reason the basketball schedule shouldn't be out in July, let alone it. we're coming up on October and the schedule's not out. It's ridiculous. Like you can't, it, it totally is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're going to be camping out and, like, before you know it, that you're just going to yeah. be like, oh, you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to see people running across the street, a video of them running across the street at 5 a.m. Like, that. that's going to happen, and we're still probably not going to have a schedule. Uh, Texter says Alabama next year on senior night. Sheesh, that's a big one. We keep talking about this is next year's QB on the roster, but really is our left tackle for next year, even on the roster. Anyway, suck it bears. Go pack. That's from Nate. You're right, Nate. Go pack. Go baby. And secondly, yeah, that's one good. That's a good point. If Kentucky feels any sort of deficiencies at uh, a multiple, uh, multiple spots on the roster, they will address it at the transfer portal. They've always done it. Uh, the one exception was, Left tackle this year. Yeah, yeah and that was a, a pretty weird situation. And tackle is, it can be tougher for in the transfer portal, especially late in the game. And Kentucky, unfortunately, it was a little too late for him. Need uh, – Keontae only got two reps in Saturday. He did just mow somebody down. Um, but, like, I mean, it's a backup dude in Mac. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's – um. Let's 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 bring him along. Let's get Keontae Goodwin coming along. Uh, this next text just a swing and a miss, but you know we're big fans of jokes. When TJ mentioned the Presidents Cup, I thought he was talking about a pre- the presidential version of two girls one cup. Yeah, just a tough one there. Speaking mm. of live, did you all see Bryson get clotheslined at the last event and acted like the biggest baby about it? Man, he is just such a dork. Yes, he got. He was walking under a rope, and the rope kind of ricocheted down and kind of hit him in the eye and the nose. And the total baby that he is, he fell to one knee. He was like, like rubbing his face, rubbing his face. Noticed like his his caddy gave him a towel, and he like very angrily grabbed it and like he was super mad. He he is just gosh, just this is somebody that grew up with a 
a group of friends that didn't really kind of rag on him, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's never been made fun of before. Like, he, he could have really stood from having his feelings hurt a little bit as a kid. Mm-hmm. Because he, he gets his feelings hurt now, and he just doesn't know how to, like, respond to it, and he still responds to it like he's 12 years old. It's uh It's wild. A texter says, only way I would want to move Louisville from last game is if Tennessee was the last game. Otherwise, leave it alone. I, I, I would say if you did move the Louisville game last game, you got to replace it with Tennessee. You couldn't really do it with anybody else. Otherwise, just wouldn't really do much for anybody. Has the UK U of L football rivalry ever been as lopsided as it is right now, where one team is just much more dominant over the other? Probably U of L's like 2004, 2005, 2006 run, but even then UK had some close games. Yeah, no, really it's probably like – I'm trying to think because like the thing is if if you look up – just Google Kentucky, Louisville, Winsipedia, they always win three and four at a time, right? It just swings. The pendulum just keeps going back and forth. Early stoops, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Uh, because you had the end of the Charlie Strong era, where those Louisville teams were awesome, and they I mean, had a ton of draft picks. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, from a talent standpoint, maybe you're right, but like UK in 2013 lost by two touchdowns and played pretty poorly in that game. 2014, they should have won. They, they, they should have beaten Louisville. 2015, they had a big lead, and then Louisville obviously stormed back. So I, I disagree with you. So, that. and you know what? I might be just mismering. I think I'm getting my Bobby Petrino errors mixed up because he did have some score run-upping opportunities. Yeah, that was like 2004, 2005, yeah, yeah, you're right. Before Stevie got loose, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that 2005 UK game, I think UK played him. Was that the uh, the fumble into the end zone game? That kind I don't of know. Because that one was close, but 2006 was a beatdown. That was the Michael Bush injury game, but L really, that, that was a big – and that UK team was actually okay. All things considered. Yeah, that was the first bowl team, and they beat Georgia. Um, a te- a Texas the, yeah, 06, it was 59-28. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was bad. I remember UK was like kind of within striking distance at halftime, but you knew they needed to start out hot in the second half, and I'm pretty sure Louisville came out almost instantly and scored, and you were like, okie dokie. Well, that will probably be that. But, hey, the next year the Cats got them. Good morning, my friends. Alex from Colga here. Roush, congrats on hitting that Vandy win total bet on Saturday. But, man, I need you Ooh. to be straight. You pumping your chest telling me not to worry about Tennessee made me feel a lot better about the game. However, I need to know if this is the sentiment you're feeling yourself, Roush, and we need to fade that, or is this is your genuine Big J analysis. I think if we do what we're supposed to do, we could be looking at a top-10 matchup in Neyland Stadium, and it makes me happy nervous. Um. I'm like from a matchup standpoint right now, I don't know, but I'm just saying that Tennessee you, people people get really uh, scared by the scoreboard and the box score because of just the numbers they put up. But that's a, that's a bad. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you that's a byproduct of that scheme, right? Like in just how well they overmatch opponents, particularly at the G5 level when they're they're, they're just playing a different style of football. Like it's like scoring 60 points in the air raid, you know? Um, so I, once we get to the matchup, it'll be different, but I'm not, it, it's just one of those things. Don't sell yourself on Tennessee because they beat up on bad teams. That's my big J analysis, Alex. And that's fair. If you don't get a good night's QB transfer, 
a good next QB transfer, we could see some talent jump to other programs. No pressure. That's a good point too. That's some. That's another kind of way to look at it. Where you gotta you gotta make sure that all this talent's gonna be happy with who you are bringing in, so you can't miss. You can't mess it up. You can't think you got a few people and then they go elsewhere and then you got to scramble late in the game. That ain't gonna work. There's there's too much riding on it. So you got to keep those folks happy as well. I think UK has a good grip on most of their top talent, but you never really know. You never know if Alabama comes a call in and says, hey, you're going to be our starter, then that's going to be something that some people are going to have to consider. But uh, I'm not worried about that aspect of it. And we are out of time. We so are. What everybody a fun have show. A long, long show. Everybody have a good Wednesday. Thanks for all the text. We'll see you on Thursday. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh, DJ Walker. Luca.